0: Queen's flip! G Money, what's up man? Yo, what's going on? How you doing? I tried to steal the intro from you, man. My bad. I, was, got I mean a little excited. I, I mean you stole the intro, man. And before I got, we before a little excited, man. We got special guests in the building today. So I know before we get to our guests, you know we, we this is our ritual. We speak to each other. How are you? It's been a long time I know. since we've been here. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel marvelous. Do you really feel marvelous? I do. I mean, you've been pressing me and cursing me out. About- I mean, the
1: people have been waiting for us to come back and do an episode, and you know, I feel like this one is 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 definitely the one we should come back on. You feel good about it? I feel great. You up early today, it's, it's, a, it's a good it's a good vibe, it's a good time. Behind the scenes is amazing. And I guess it's also representing Queens.
0: Well, first of all, let's shout out everybody that made this happen, the for whole sure, staff. For sure. Shout out to the team that's in the building. Uh J.R. Bassey. buck. Ebock, of course, Ebock. You know, I was looking for him first. He's the biggest one in the room, but I couldn't find him. <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't know if he was playing tricks, but I feel good. Feel great. But I don't want to waste too much time on the intro because we have a guest here. He's looking. He's smiling. He's ready. He's ready. And um, did you figure out what episode we on? G Money. That's very. You know, that's very tacky. One
1: ninety eight.
0: This is one ninety eight. One ninety seven. I just want to show G Money that he's not on the show. <laughs> this is one ninety eight. G Money. Yo. Episode 198, we're here. You sure it's 198?
2: Yeah. Well, you couldn't have me on 197?
0: Nah, 198. Why do you want to be on 197?
2: Because it comes before 198.
0: Um, Jerry, <laughs> why do you do that? Like, you got so
1: much, you know, I, I, Hold on, you want our guests to speak before they get introduced now? That's what you're doing? Because it's
0: Jerry Springer? Well, 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 he forced his way into...
2: I did, I did. Just like I he did in the TV. Mm.
0: Yeah. He forced oh, hey. his way into the scene. He said his contract yeah. was for six weeks. We're gonna, we're gonna get I to can't it. imagine we're get how you it. go from six weeks <laughs> to being 20, 27, 27 years. 27 years. Crazy. But <laughs> round of applause today, episode 198. Round of applause for my man. Jerry, the legend.
1: Jerry. The OG. Jerry. Jerry. Jerry my guy. Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry yeah.
2: Springer. Woo! Oh man, please don't get up. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. In the upper deck there, thank you so much.
0: Everybody in the back. Oh. Everybody on the left side, the right side. Whoa. You, so, you see,
2: <laughs> what? you know how to do it, man. What? You know, how you doing? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Welcome this is cool. Flip,
0: welcome to Flip the Script. We, uh, yeah. you know, we, we appreciate happen. you. It's DJ G Money. I'm Queens Flip. And, you know, um, you're Jerry I, Springer.
2: Yeah, for years. <laughs> for,
0: yeah. yeah. That's yeah. your name,
2: though. Well, uh, that's it's interesting how I got the show. I read in the paper that we're starting the Jerry Springer show, and I'm sitting at home. I said, that's my name. Why don't I try out? <laughs> and <laughs> So why don't
1: laugh at this, no, this guy's a, he, <laughs> don't laugh at this guy uh, he, Do
2: you have a laugh button?
1: We have a uh
0: he cool button that you might get really no, soon. No 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 yeah. no. He don't deserve that too hey, early. It's, it's, you can't on. be biased. Just because we grew up watching this man. Come on, do not man. give him that. <laughs> All the time every morning oh, on the weekend. He's not cool yet. You can't yeah. give no? him that.
2: No no, no I, I'm working on it though. <laughs> <laughs> at, at my age I'm warm. Oh. <laughs> and I settle for that. <laughs> if I'm still warm I'm you know above ground. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, like I said, welcome, man. I appreciate you here. You know, before we get into, you know, uh, Judge Jerry and uh, Jerry Springer's show and all, all of the, all of the uh, famous things that we know you for, let's go back um, before the popularity, before the fame. Tell us about – I heard an interesting story about um, when you were born, actually. Do you want to tell that story?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I was born in England during the war, during World War II, and uh, because it was in the middle of the war um, – and the uh, Nazis were bombing in England. I was born in England, and uh, so I was born in a bomb shelter, which basically is, is a subway station. Those mm-hmm. where th- th- that was used as bomb shelters, and women in their ninth month would spend the night in the bomb shelters in case they delivered, you know, at night, if there were to be bombing that. Uh, that night. So uh, yeah, so I was born, I, I still, every time I hear a train go by, I get I get real nervous. Wow. But uh, no, that part was a joke. But no, I was born, hit the laugh button, for gosh sake. Jerry, Jerry, first of all, so, you're talking about something I mean, serious. Do not do that. I, I, this is something I very six. serious we're talking about, okay, okay? Okay, now I'm serious. I'll be dead <laughs> all Okay, so I was born in England. Uh, And I'm very serious. Um, Most of my family, and this is serious, was um, exterminated in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany. My mom and dad uh, survived, got out of Germany two weeks before Hitler went into Poland to start World War II. And they got to England. And uh, my sister was born the next month. And a few years later during the war, I was born. So I, I come here to America as an immigrant. I came here when I was five. Mm. And, uh, you know, the whole coming to America story, going by the Statue of Liberty and um, settled in New York. In fact, I left England when I found out I couldn't be king. I was really
0: big. Oh, my. No. No, okay. I said I'd be
2: serious. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with don't play that? No, this, what was uh, that? Was
0: that, that? That's a, like the bell, you know the bell. Oh yeah, start this? fighting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: ding 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 ding. He, he started that, did you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> our, our producer started it. I did. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, do you have any memory from that time as a child um, in England? I don't know where did. Yeah. You, after you, do you have any memory during that time? I how do. Scary well, for, it was.
2: Well. Um, You have memories of being five years old. You know, you probably have memories of going to the first grade, for example. Yeah, so I have some memories. I remember my friends in England at the time. What I remember about the voyage over to America, uh, my parents bought four tickets on the Queen Mary, and they were determined to come to America because they had lived through two world wars. They had lived through the First World War, and now the Second lost their family, So they just thought staying in Europe would be nothing but, you know, danger. So they were determined to come to America. The whole bit going by the Statue of Liberty. these What I remember of coming to America, we were on the Queen Mary. Remember, I'm five years old. And to be on the Queen Mary, which at the time was, I think, the largest uh, ocean liner in the world, it was like on a ship that big, you know, it was... The, that ship, by the way, is now in um, Long Beach, California. It's a hotel, but it's, mm. it, it's just enormous and beautiful. And at that time, I'd never seen elevators before. And so being on an elevator, I remember the journey was just great. We come into the New York Harbor five days later, and all I remember of it, and it, part of it is what my mom told me, Is my, I was taking a nap and my mom woke me up and said, Gerald, you know, come up on deck. And this was January 24th, 1949, so it was freezing in New York. And there were 2,000 people that got on the top deck of the Queen Mary as we sailed past the Statue of Liberty. And what I remember to this day only is that it was freezing cold and I was scared. Because there were 2,000 people there, and nobody said a word. As the ship sailed past the Statue of Liberty, it was just silence. I didn't know what that meant. My mom told me in later years that I'd ask her, what are we looking at? What does it mean? And she said, answered me in the German. She spoke. She didn't, they didn't speak much English yet. And um, when I said, what does it mean? And she said, ein Tag alles. One day it'll mean everything. And I'm living proof that the American dream can work. Not that it definitely works. It can work. And obviously the odds are much better if you're white. But it can work because my family went from, in one generation, from extermination Mm -hmm. to this ridiculously privileged life I live today uh, because I do a stupid show. And that, I mean all things are possible in, in this country so they really lived the dream did your parents
0: have any sort of um, you know excuse me for being blunt but ptsd where they discuss or get emotional from the past so like if you had conversations with your mom and dad about what happened cuz of course they were in this because when i read about it your grandparents
2: they were uh, exterminated. Died,
0: exterminated so yeah. did they ever have those moments, do you remember? is it dead or growing up?
2: It's interesting. Everyone, de- everyone deals with it differently. Mm-hmm. I was raised with a wall of faded pictures of my grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins. I mean, we literally lost everybody. And uh, so I knew their pictures. And there was reference made to it. But Mom and Dad didn't like talking about it. They oh. would never go back to Germany. Um, they died in 84, 85 and 86, so they were, mom was 79, dad was 81. Mm-hmm. So um, they they wouldn't, in fact, they wouldn't. They didn't go and see the sound of music because it had the Nazis in it, you know. In, the, in other words, they were, it was just something they didn't want, they suppressed it. It probably wasn't out side, healthy. out of
0: mind? Was it out of sight, out of mind?
2: I guess, but they were on a campaign to... It was called the Americanization of Gerald. They were determined that I would be Americanized. So they had me join the Boy Scouts. They had me join the Little League. They, My mom put a New York Yankee baseball uniform on me. We had no idea what baseball was. Mm-hmm. But in the first grade at PS99, I had this bloody British accent. In my first day to school in America, my mom dressed me in what little boys in England wore at that time. You didn't wear long pants until you were... 16. So my first day to school in America, I had my blue shorts, a jacket, a bow tie, a beret, and knee socks, and the kids beat the crap out of me
1: <laughs>
2: and, rip, and ripped my suit. You know, they teased me. They, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. who was, And I had a bloody British accent. I said, oh, hello. there, How are you? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I was running out of suits. My mother's running out of sons. So she goes up to David's house in the apartment building. David was in my class. And, of course, the parents thought, oh, what a cute kid and all of that. And my mom was asking, what does Gerald have to do to kind of be accepted here because he's afraid to go to school? And what my mom got out of it was that in America, base, for boys, baseball was everything. Now, this is 1949. New York had the Yankees, the Brooklyn Dodgers, and the New York Giants. So every day, I mean, now we're used to it with – technology. But back then, it was unthinkable. But every single day from spring training in March to the end of October, there was a baseball game on television, on a little black and white television. One of the stations, Channel 11, covered the Yankees. Channel 9 covered the Dodgers, whatever. And so she bought me, she went to Gertz, which was a department store. I don't even know if it's around, in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. Gertz yeah, yeah. yeah, it's still there? Uh, uh, yeah, oh, uh, still, uh, it's still there. It's still there, yeah, but yeah. It's it's know, nobody, you know, nobody <laughs> really <laughs> goes there. But it's yeah, there. Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's to the Yogi Berra line. Uh, it's so crowded, no one goes there anymore. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, so she bought me a baseball outfit. It could have been anyone, but it happened to be a Yankee one. She says, Gerald, put this on. And I didn't know you do what your mother tells you, so I wore that to school the next day. Nobody pushed me in the bushes. Nobody, it was, I was afraid to go to school without wearing this Yankee uniform. So to this day, I'm a fanatical diehard Yankee fan. Oh. Hey, how about Stanton last night, huh? (laughs) 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 Huh? Yeah. Anyway, so. uh, (laughs) Hey. Yeah. Jerry. Yes. I'm sorry. That got up, we got into a lot of subjects. Yeah, of,
0: of course, at one time, and then you know, you, you know, you just you throw your little punches in there. Well, it was not little; as huge. But you know, we're trying to be serious here. Yeah, we can crack jokes a little bit, right? Okay,
2: no, no, that's fine. <laughs> but but that <laughs> is <laughs> true. I it, true. I just
0: want yeah, yeah. That I have one more question. going to get to G. Go ahead. Um, the transition when you left the Queen Mary, did
2: you automatically move to Queens? Like no, the first year we moved uh, to the Whitehall Hotel which I now think is an apartment complex or a condo building uh, on 100th Street and uh, Riverside Drive.
1: Okay, up- Uptown.
2: Uptown. Okay. And it was an immigrant hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone in the building was from another country, you know. It was hard to find people that spoke English there. Right. And it was all the European countries and, um, you know, South American countries, etc. cetera. Uh, but we lived there for a year. And it was a one-bedroom apartment. It was an efficiency. I remember there was because I got excited about seeing elevators on the Queen Mary. So I remember in this efficiency apartment, it was like a closet. And if you opened up the closet, there was a sink and the stove. And and, and that, that was it. But we played elevator, my sister and I. So uh, one of us would be crammed <laughs> in, yeah, the in the closet, closet. and open yeah. the door and third floor. <laughs> so we loved that. Um, but so for the first year, and then we found the apartment building in Queens uh, in, in on Austin Street. And so from 1950, January of 1950, my parents lived there for uh, 30, uh, yeah, for 30 years, 31 years, because mm-hmm. they left in, in 82. They moved to Washington, to be closer to my sister, and you know, a few years later they died. But so for 31 years that was our home, mm. the one-bedroom apartment. Which every year on my birthday I go back to visit, and sometimes I knock on the door. If The doorman tells me that there's new people living there.
1: Yeah.
2: I just ring the doorbell, and you know when when they open the door, they're thinking, "Oh my, what? You know, am I on television? Is this? What did we do?" <laughs> What did my husband do? I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, no, I, you know, by now they know, but I, I, I right. used to live here, and I just want to come back. Do they let it. you walk through and stuff? S- yeah, some of them have, yeah. Some. One of them wanted, years ago so I can say, wanted to sell it to me. The kind, you know, would you mm. buy it back? You know, figuring, hey, I could. And I actually thought about it for, you know, a day or two. Mickey and my wife and I, we talked about it. Just to, just to have yeah, just to have you do such with great memory, just great memory. Well, I had wax figures of my family. <laughs> and I, I, I put them there, sitting, <laughs> sitting on the chairs, and then there'd be a row. People would walk in. Oh, that's his mom. That's his Bad, dad. That's and there's little kidding. Gerald with my short pants and my bow tie
0: and your, and your socks. My, oh, yeah. Oh. So what? What made you not do it? What made you not? Your wife said no. Nah.
2: Well, because in the end, it's fun to talk about, but what am I doing with the (laughs) person? Exactly, (laughs) exactly, exactly. So it makes no sense. But uh, I am a firm believer in in roots, in don't forget where you came from. Uh, And uh, and I I, I really concentrate on that, and, uh, you know, I'm a schlub that got lucky, and that's God's truth. So I don't pretend, you know, because there's a show with my name on it. That diddly, you know. I appreciate
1: or, that too. There's, yeah. there's so many celebrities out here and, and people, in you know, in position that take advantage of that, you know. So I definitely appreciate meeting people who are humble like you and just down to earth. And what,
2: what keeps me humble is a mirror. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I look in that mirror and you know uh, how yeah, cocky right. are you gonna get? <laughs> yeah, really. God. Do you not see? Uh,
0: oh my God! I- <laughs> So, so the <laughs> what in the world? Oh, give me a second.
1: Well, what goes on next, now, uh Jerry? uh You're you, uh back in you in New York now.
2: Yeah, and I'm um, doing Judge Jerry. Uh, well,
1: no, no. Not oh, sorry. Not we're not still, yet, we're sorry. still. Back. Oh, 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 I thought you asked <laughs> what history. I'm doing here today. Oh, no no, yeah. no, 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 okay. no, no, no. So, we don't. mom bought your baseball jersey, so you, yeah. if you could fit in that. Yeah. You started playing baseball, or yes,
2: uh I would. I love it, and I love it to this day. And now I'm living through my grandson who has talent. Uh, I just was never very good, but I loved it. Mm. And realizing fairly early that I was never going to be that good, um, I, uh, we had a little black and white television set. It was an RCA Victor television set. And I would watch all the games and turn the sound off. And my folks bought me this little um, spool tape recorders. They had. And so I would announce all the Yankee games. Mm. I know those tapes got thrown out when I went away to college, but it was, you know, I was like 10 years old, 11 years old. And it'd be, hello there, everybody, Gerald Springer, New York Yankee baseball. <sighs> and I would do the sounds <sighs> Mickey Mantle coming to the bat. There's a lawn bag. V- <sighs> The deep right field, back, go, go, it's gone. Wow. <laughs> did the and time. I did the whole thing. And my parents thought I was crazy. Well, they knew I was crazy. <laughs> but they would walk into the room, and Gerald still announcing, and I did the whole game.
0: That's and you wonder
2: it, huh? why I'm like the way <laughs> I am. <laughs> did I started
0: did you though. not see
2: it coming? <laughs> yeah. uh, we didn't see
0: it but coming. But that, no. that
2: is what I, you know, the first thing I, you know, other than being a fireman, and when you were a little kid, what I wanted to be when I grew up was a, a, a sports announcer. Announcer. Mm. Yeah. Um, until I got old enough to, then I wanted to just be in politics. But I, in terms, the only thing that ever had to do with sports casting. Oh, one more story about that. <laughs> I am the only person, the only PA announcer that was ever kicked out of a game. Russell right. Sage, junior high.
1: Oh, man, talk about it.
2: 1957. Uh, I wasn't good enough to be on the basketball team, so I went to Mr. Hyde, who was the coach of the team, and I said, could I be, they didn't have the announcing, but could I be the PA announcer? So he said, sure, Gerald. So the games, because it was junior high, were played in the afternoon in the high school gym. Now, I don't know if the gyms are the same, but back then, it's like being in a Greyhound bus station. The PA announcer, the acoustics were horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it's horrible. It's, it's different now. Yeah. yeah. Now, as you probably know, a PA announcer at a sp- bo- basketball game is only supposed to announce the lineups. And if there's a foul, mm-hmm. if there's a substitution, but that wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to do the play-by-play. I didn't tell him that. <laughs> yeah. So I say, hello there, everybody. Jerry Spr- Gerald. I was always Gerald. Uh, Gerald Springer here. Russell says junior high basketball. Okay. Lieberman with the ball over to Imberman. Imberman to Wahoftek. Jump shot. Tickles the twine. There's a whistle. Mr. Sirota, who was, who was the referee, blows the whistle. There's a whistle. And the referee, Mr. Sirota, who blew the whistle, starts walking over to the table where I'm sitting. And he says, Gerald, stop it. Because the kids are going, oh, stop. They're screaming, you know, because it's just noise. And you're not supposed to do play bad. Just stop it. Okay. And then the kids, of course, going, like I was in trouble. They love it. (laughs) The game continues for a while I'm behaving. But then after a while, I just I can't help myself. So they're fighting for the ball. It, it, it looks like he's out of bounds. No, it was saved by Wahoftek. Wahoftek to leave him and over. I'm remembering these names because they were on the team. And, uh, oh, there's another whistle. <laughs> Mr. Sirota walks to the table and says, Gerald,
0: you're out of here.
2: <laughs> and the security guy walked me out of the gym. What did the crowd do? The crowd is going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years later, 25 years later, I'm at a high school reunion, and some of the kids in the high school reunion, they also went to Russell Sage Junior High, and one of them came up to me and said, weren't you the, <laughs> the announcer that got kicked out of the game? When does a PA announcer ever get to Well, you're say? the first. Yeah.
1: Round of applause one time for my man. Really? Was, He's the first who did it,
2: man.
1: Yeah. He's like Soldier Boy. <laughs> so so
0: when, when you when you um, you go to high school in Queens and what was your high school experience like was it bad was it good
2: it was good but I was virtually totally unknown um I mean there there was nothing back then that indicated what I would be when I grew up even occupation, nothing. I had my four friends who lived in the same building that I lived in, Kew Gardens. We all were the same age. We all lived in that apartment house. And every year from first grade through senior in high school, we we went to school together. So those were my friends. But no one at the 20th reunion of Forest Hills High School remembered me or knew me. They knew there was this guy who became, who at the time I was mayor of Cincinnati, who became mayor, but they couldn't place. No one, you know, when they would hear or read or something, an article about me going to Forest Hills High, no one kind of remembered me there. And, uh, And then you're, but you had to put your picture on you know of what you looked like in high school mm. which wasn't any better than I look now. So did you
0: have any girls was there any girls in high school?
2: So, I no. never had a date in high school. Never? Never. But it back then it wasn't that uh, unnatural. Okay. Okay. It, it honestly it was a, a different time. Uh and, and and there were a lot of guys more social than I was, but I was I was very short and um I had I had a. My family talked me into it, and my friend said, You got to get a date for the senior prom. And I'm not going to mention the girl's name. Um, but I.
1: <laughs> yo! What's wrong with you? That was an accident. I'd, I'd yeah. Really
2: <laughs> yo, don't no. get him, ice. Yo. <laughs> here's, here's my. This is going to make you cry. It's so sad. I. So. I, I never, had, I'd never had a date and my sister helped me and I was nervous and she wrote out for me what I should say when I called her because back then you called a girl on the phone you mm-hmm. asked her out several weeks in advance it isn't like hey let's hang out together right. you know that, that just didn't go on back then you would have to call the girl ahead of time and she gets approval from her parents and then you could take her out so now when I called her up Oh, and I called this particular girl up because it wasn't my proudest moment, but I figured she never had a date either. Oh, it, was that, it wasn't like I was trying to find a Because I was trying to find someone that wouldn't reject me. Okay. Yo! G-Money, <laughs> now, what you doing? Now, I, yeah. okay, so I called... He
1: trying to go with the girl. So I, her oh, no.
2: so, so I called the up. So Evelyn, my sister, wrote out what I should say. So I called. Back then, we had party lines. In other words, you picked up the phone, and there could be someone else who you don't know know, um, that had the same line you had. And you had to make sure no one was on the phone, and then you would call. And if you picked it up and someone was on the phone, there was an honor code. If someone else was talking, you put the phone down. You didn't listen in. And people were really good about that because that was the culture at the time. So no one was on. So... I dial the parent to answer, and I say, uh, this is Gerald Springer. May I please speak with blank?" He says, um, uh, who are you? Well, I'm in the class with uh, one moment, then the girl comes to home because apparently she had it. And then I start with what Evelyn, my sister, wrote out for me. What I didn't count on (laughs) is that she would talk, too, because every time she talked, I lost my place. Um. And where do I pick it up? So I always went back to the beginning. <laughs> so <laughs> she would say something and oh, I lost my place. i say, hi, my, this is Gerald Springer. She finally said, I know that, you keep saying that. So, <laughs> so then I asked, okay. She said she'd go. Yeah, whew, I'm sweating. Okay, now my parents, they go and we rent a tuxedo. This is going to be big. Mm-hmm. You got to get her a corsage, the whole bit. The day before, I'm still ticked about it. The day before the senior prompt, she calls and says, Gerald, yeah, I'm not feeling well. Mm. Well, how do you know how you're going to feel tomorrow? <laughs> right? right? You know, it wasn't COVID back then.
0: Uh. It was... <laughs> 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 Stop
2: <laughs> it, she could have had a cold you know you'll feel better yeah, than mine what it goes. well, it, well oh gosh. it went she broke the date I had a tuxedo and here's the most loving and pathetic part mom and dad took me to the Turnpike restaurant on Queens Boulevard I don't know if it's still there mm. maybe but the Turnpike restaurant so the night of my prom mom's to the left of me I'm in my tuxedo, dad's to the right of me, and I'm having meatloaf in the turnpike restaurant, and I'm wearing my tuxedo. That was my senior prom.
0: You didn't go? Wow. I
2: went with mom and dad. You couldn't go if you didn't have a date. I mean, you you felt, you know, I I wasn't going to go and have to explain to everyone how my date was. uh, You don't have any other
1: friends or female friends you could have asked or relatives you could have went with just to kind of play your date for the night? uh?
2: You no, wasn't I, thinking that, uh, I the, wasn't thinking that. I mean, because right. yeah, that would be even an admission to relatives. So hold on.
0: So hold on. So so this is why you still feel away about this, huh? Don't you? Uh,
2: I'm, oh, I'm. That's why you. didn't <laughs> yeah, say it But here's that's what I'm, why I'm you didn't thinking. Say her
0: name. You still feel away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want um, <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Can you imagine? She's sitting. baby Well, I, I do hope she's still alive. I mean, at my age, you know, there are yeah, bunch that aren't anymore. But let's assume she's healthy and she's alive. At some point, she's probably sitting at home, mm-hmm. going through the television and saying,
1: "Oh, she's going crazy. She, she, she's losing." I right could have been
2: rolling in the money, <laughs> rolling in the green. Stop! <laughs>
0: stop it now! Stop
2: that.
1: Wait, so I have a question. G money, stop! Did she Did she go to the prom though? No. Like,
0: hey,
1: yeah, she, she didn't. She didn't go. So she really was sick. She was on.
2: Well, oh, oh I don't know that she was sick. I oh. think she got nervous, like I got. I was nervous. I mean, she was. You know, neither of us were. You know, and look, she could have had a beautiful life, been very happily married with children. Jerry I mean, I have no idea. Jerry, you got to let I that go. I mean, I have no idea. Jerry, you got to let that go. I still see it. <laughs> Can you get me counseling? <laughs> it bothers
0: you. you. moved on. I see your your, your, your ring. You you married. You got to oh, let that yeah. go, man. Yeah. Let that go, Jerry. She didn't mean to.
2: She no, got now, nervous. I understand that.
0: Now I think that you might think you might have thought that she still went to the prom.
2: Did no, I I honestly that never crossed my mind.
0: It crossed your mind now? Mm.
2: That I'll <laughs> tell you <laughs> what her name was. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you where she lives. <laughs>
0: so so okay. After I graduate college, how do you choose college? How does that happen? How did the whole college experience happen?
2: Well, uh, It was always assumed, and my parents, which was a great decision, I was obviously young. I was 17, immature, unworldly, and they thought part of the growing up, part of the Americanization, I have to go away to college. Uh, Forest Hills High School had 5,200 students in it in just three grades, sophomore, junior, and senior. Wow. And in fact... it it may still be the case, I don't know, but the high school was divided into three classes, Mm -hmm. into three schools, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Mm -hmm. And the times that you went to school were different. If you were a senior, you went from 8 to 12, so you could have an afternoon job or whatever. If you were a junior, I think you went from 9 to 2, and if you were a sophomore, you went from 12 to 5. I guess that's to handle the traffic of in and out. But anyway, so the school was packed. I tell you that story, there were 1,201 in our senior class. And back then, 90% of the kids from Forest Hills High School went, away, went to college. So they, the counselor's office had to handle all your applications. Because there were so many students, they said, we will handle five college applications for each student, no more than five. So I had to pick five colleges. My parents wanted me to go away, so I picked one from every part of the country. Uh, I picked the USC, um, uh, Cornell, Tulane in New Orleans, and uh, I think Wisconsin, whatever. Anyway, and I was accepted. But I chose uh, Tulane in New Orleans because by the time I was in high school, I became very active in the civil rights movement. So I was your long-haired hippie, and I was marching and protesting, etc. And I wanted to be a part of that whole movement and be in the South, because the, at least then that's where the major battle was with all the Jim Crow laws. Nothing I'm telling you, you don't know. So uh so that was a very easy decision to me. I wanted to go south and sure enough, um I started Tulane in in uh, September of uh 60 years ago, September of 61. And uh that was the year they it started to integrate the uh, uh the high schools in New Orleans. And right away down there standing outside protesting, you know, I mean because There were people protesting the integration. We were there to support um, the, the, the children entering the school now. So uh, that's why I chose Tulane. And, and uh, the whole thing was a great experience, not just for the politics. But Tulane was a wonderful school, but also was New Orleans. You know, I mean, if you're going to college, mm. you know, you didn't have to figure out what you were going to do in the evening.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah, my parents wanted to know if I was taking French, and I said, <laughs> for a quarter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to the French quarter. Yeah, so, so, so. Yeah. first quarter I took was. F- <laughs> the first quarter, I took French, <laughs> the, the French quarter.
0: You know, right? you're crazy, right? Jerry's a wild guy. <laughs> I have a question. Um, who were the predominantly Important figures that you looked up to in the civil rights movement at the time because now we had two sides of the civil rights movement, right? We yes. had the Malcolm X side, we yes, you know, too much about him, yes, I do, yeah, and then we had the Martin Luther King side, yes, you know, a lot of us, I mean, they stopped teaching, we could be honest, they stopped teaching about Malcolm X really these days. I mean, not stopped in the schools, they don't really have him in the history books as much as they teach about Malcolm X. I mean, Martin Luther Martin. King, excuse me, the
2: school, the school. I mean the fights that's going on now with critical race theory the 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 whole concept of denying certainly denied my generation and denying people today um black history mm-hmm. and basically giving us a scrubbed white version of american history mm-hmm. which is inaccurate that's the problem i mean you know beyond feeling we're not learning what our history was about and if we don't learn what the treatment of African Americans uh, has been in our history which started well before 1776 if we don't learn that then it is we're not sensitized to it and therefore it is too easy for us not to get upset if we have discrimination If we haven't done anything about housing or health care or anything that affects um, minorities uh, way more than it affects white people. And and, and that's why it's not just an issue of saying, oh, come on, let's be nice. It's we're not doing anything to fix our problems today because we have raised generations of uh, white Americans not to even know about the intensity of the mistreatment, Mm. you know, uh, and we just gloss over. I mean, Thomas Jefferson wrote the most important document in the civilized world for the last 500 years, clearly. But another part of Thomas Jefferson was that he talked about all men are created equal in his document, but he had slaves— he fathered children with slaves. It's you know, and we and we didn't we didn't learn that, and it's unbelievable because now I go back through my high school and college um, history books. It's amazing how much do we learn about Reconstruction. If you go down the street and tell tell me about Reconstruction, what that they think it's abundant, some labor laborers building a building. They're going to construct that again. I mean, there's no, and that has made us incentive. That's the reason you wind up with a Donald Trump. Oh, oh. ooh, so touch supposed, the nerve. Before <laughs> we get into that,
1: so I, 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 I have a question. I have a question. So you
0: wasn't cool with him? Hold oh, on all that. You, you never met him before?
2: Oh yeah, I, you, oh, go,
0: Hold on, hold on, Jack. We can't be biased. I'm Mr. Bias. You can't be biased because a lot of people, when you initially met him. Was were you, were you guys cool? Was he nice? Yeah.
2: I, I'll tell you. I, well, I'll tell you. He was, I worked for him for a year because I was the host of the Miss Universe pageant, which he owned. And I did it in 2008, and I hosted it in Vietnam. And uh, And he was, he's the one who hired me, and he was only nice to me. But it never dawned on me back then, that he was thinking about politics. And, you know, if he were sitting right here, I'd say, look, you were always nice to me. No personal gripes. But what you think about America and where did you get the idea that you could lead the free world, lead America when you don't have any idea what the Statue of Liberty means? You have no... And you're fine to attack the United States of America, our capital, and, and you're fine with that. I mean, it's just it, there's so many things that are anybody. Can you imagine if the people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, if they had been black?
0: Oh, man.
2: Can you imagine? And, and now you have the Republican Congress sitting there not wanting to investigate. God bless Lynn Cheney. There are probably very few issues that uh, Liz Cheney, I'm sorry, her mom's Lynn. Uh, Liz Cheney, uh, there are probably very few issues I agree with her on. But boy, the next time they write a book, Profiles in Courage, she ought to be on the cover. Mm -hmm. Because with all her conservative policies, she had the integrity to risk her political career, which is now really at risk. She's been rejected by her own party, and she may, in fact, lose the Republican primary in, in uh, Wyoming. But she stood up because this was a treasonous act to attack our Capitol with guns, um, chanting, hang the vice president – Congressmen are huddled under their desks in closets. This was an assault on the United States of America and on the free election of our leader, of our president. Mm -hmm. And we just say, oh, that's politics. That's politics. We've gone to war over things like that. Yeah. And then he last week, when they take down the statue of, uh, of, uh, of Robert E. Lee, In uh, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, he says it's it's disgusting that they took down the statue. He was a hero. No, he he was a traitor. It was treasonous what uh, Lee did. He attacked the United States of America and resulted in thousands of Americans being killed. He had, had war against the United States of America, and we honor these people? I I don't, know, I'm, I don't want, yeah.
0: But let me ask a question real quick, and yeah. excuse me for being devil's advocate, uh, but <clears throat> are you trying to say, or people trying to uh, sort of um, point out the fact, of, I don't know if it's a fact, but point out or say that Donald Trump was personally, because that's what we try to do, right, personally responsible for those people doing what they did? Like, yes, are, are we and I'll tell to? you why. Please, yes, please, please do personally responsible. My mom gets upset about it as well. My mom, Marie, she yeah. works for the mayor's office, and every time we have this conversation, she but and not saying I'm on Donald Trump's side, because I'm not, but I just try to figure out where you I'll guys tell get, get the statistics from.
2: Okay, and the facts. Hey, this is why. Here are the facts, and the videos are all there. The people there, universally, were there because... Stop the steal. They think the election was stolen. They think Trump really won. That is the lie. Forget even the words where he says, I'll walk with you, I'll march with you down to the Capitol. Forget that part, which is bad enough.
0: You're right. You're right.
2: You're right. But the whole attack on the Capitol was based on an absolute, total lie. And ev- virtually every Republican. Congressman and senator, virtually everyone, there may be two or three exceptions, in a private conversation, do in fact say, no, Biden won, won by eight million votes. Was there any person that cheated? Was there any individual who may have voted twice? Sure, but not eight million people. And there's a paper ballot for every one of those machines. All of that is a total, they call it the big lie, a total fabrication. And that is what has ripped this country apart. He still hasn't conceded. If he could have, he was browbeaten in the taped phone calls trying to get the executives, the secretaries of state, the governors of a few of these states from Arizona to Pennsylvania to the five states, Wisconsin, whatever, trying to get them to – call the election off, call for a rerun, just say that I really won. What proof, more proof do you need? It's clear if Donald Trump wasn't saying those things, if he would have simply said, I tried really hard, I'm proud of my record, I don't know what he's proud of, but let's say he, he could say he's a politician, I'm proud of what I did, whatever, let him say all that. But then you lost the election and do as every single president has done in our whole history. When the election is over, you concede, you congratulate, you show up at the inauguration of your uh, successor. Mm -hmm. And the free, the peaceful transfer of power is what makes us a democracy. Yeah, if you want to be a third world country of, 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 of in terms of your politics, not poverty, in terms of your politics, mm-hmm. you know, they shoot the, the opposition party. You know, they kill each other. And, 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 and here Trump is trying to get such anger going in this country. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's... But, I, but, but
0: how do you feel when people say that they prefer to deal with Donald Trump than Biden because Trump was so... Outspoken on how he felt, he was so outspoken. He said it's a he,
2: wonderful. What in, what dictator isn't outspoken? Shall we cheer for Mussolini because he was outspoken? <laughs>
0: good you see, you guys, I can't play my I can't play my tennis with you. See, so you have yeah. you have the comeback hey, Yeah, it's got, my yeah. backhand. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't play my tennis. Well, you're right. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean that
2: that is. I know people say that, but do. that is nonsense.
0: But people he wasn't that hate, Jay, but well,
2: yes, but people that are hate are outspoken. Because he wouldn't follow the prompt. Dirty. People that use the N word are outspoken, oh, right? Come on, Jay, went there. Oh, no, man. I know. But that's oh, the truth. No. That's the closet, outspoken. Jerry. There's, there's no closet over here for man, he the facts. <laughs>
0: ain't no, Jerry, <laughs> no, <laughs> no <laughs> right. Let me go like right here. There, ain't
2: no, ain't no closet. <laughs> <got to> <laughs> No, gonna, but I'm saying that's the do, point. I ain't going
0: to bring the facts like that, Jerry.
2: Well, because it's a good one. Now. No, <laughs> it's good.
0: How are you going to reverse that on me, see?
2: Uh, how am I going to reverse you it? You just
0: reversed it on me. I thought I had you
2: in the ropes. Yeah, but that's rope-a-dope. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm pulling an Ali. It's yeah. the 15th round. You oh. think you got me, and all of a sudden, hey, boom. You're right.
0: People that say that, you're right. You're all right.
2: Yeah, people, th- th- this business about he speaks his mind. Fine. But you, your mind is horrible. What you're saying is horrible. You don't get points for that. Every dictator in the world is outspoken. And they shoot you if you don't agree. Or they try to ruin your career. Or they try to destroy you. Or sure. they fire you. or the, I, I, You don't get points for being outspoken. Mm. That's like just saying, I like your accent. You know, it's a, it's a trait. <laughs> It's a trait being outspoken. It's not a sign of courage. If you're outspoken against on the side of justice, I'll admire you. But it's what you're outspoken about. It's like saying you speak the English language. I gotta admire the guy who speaks the English language. No, it's which words you choose to use. But why?
0: Why do you? Why do you think that some people? Okay, got it. Why, why, why do you guys think that some people? Um, you know, uh turn on Trump. Meaning like they met him, I mean the face value people that know him that he was yeah. nice to them. They they turn on him as well because are they is politics that strong in people's life where they could values be, are. Values are okay, got it. Mm.
2: And I gotta admit, we could be friendly acquaintances. Not you, but but let's just say yeah. I'd never be a friend of yours. No, no. <laughs> no. We, uh, let's say a person I... And I've got people like that. There are people that are friendly acquaintances. And then I find out where they stand, let's say, on the subject of race. And I am purposely bringing this up because that is the, the line I draw. And if you... Because you think I'm one of you... I'm a wealthy white guy and I'm at a party and there's some reference, some joke made about uh, black people or they use the N-word or whatever in a joke, whatever. There are two responses I can have. The one response, which sadly so many white people do when they're alone among whites, is they let it pass. Mm -hmm. They're not the ones that said it. You know, they don't want to make a scene. <laughs> but if I hear it in front of me, I'll say I'm not comfortable with that, and I walk away. Mm. And it's just because I'm really not, and I'm going to think less of that person. I mean, if I find someone has racist attitudes, this is God's truth. I, I, don't, I don't want to associate with you. I mean, I'm, You know, I'm not going to do anything horrible to you, but I don't want to be around. I see sometimes, and this is me you know, maybe I'm off on an extreme, but I sometimes see even married couples where they'll say, well, yeah, my husband or my wife believes that. I could not be with someone whose values are so different than mine. I'm not saying I'd go around and hate them, but I just... I, you know, values are important, and that's why people that could have hung around with Biden, excuse me, with Trump, because, you know, maybe on a Friday night at the bar, you know, hey, one of the guys kind of things, tells a few off-color jokes. But if it borders on racism, and now since I've become – I think most of us have become more sensitive – About sexist jokes and stuff like that. That was that was an education process. Now all of a sudden, there's no excuse anymore for for being like that. Even in and you'll call me crazy, but I don't particularly like cursing. That's just me. And I'm serious. The people in the office, and God love them. And I see these young producers come in, and they're really they're really nice. I because they respect. And I can see someone must have spoken to them because they, I hear them in the hallway, he's cursing, and they come into the office and they're just polite. And I just, I just think that's the proper way to be. But that's just me. But no, if your values are different, I'm not so going to be changes, mean. It, okay, right. but it would certainly change, stop you from being my best friend if suddenly my best friend and right. I found out he was racist, which. My two best friends, you know, we've been friends 45 years, so we share the same values, mm-hmm. and our wives share the same values. Yeah, yeah. I think that's mm. All right, so let,
1: let's let's get to it, because you know we're kind of short for time. Um, How could that be? I mean, you, you, you drink, talk
2: so much. Honestly, you, you just, drink, just never you be say quiet. You to be my friend, <laughs> but you're gonna be his
0: friend, right? See, everybody likes g Money. Why? I don't like. Come
2: on. Yeah, yeah, I don't like him. Yeah, you don't like him. <laughs> you don't like him either. Well, he's wearing a, a military suit. I like him.
0: <laughs> oh, what? But
2: he could hurt me.
0: Oh, uh, don't, don't give it to him. He's not he, he said he didn't like you
1: either. Uh, well, all right, so I'll wait a second. <laughs> no, he, wait a second. <laughs> so, you know, uh, for those who don't know, let, let's talk about your career now, how it got started as far as the Jerry Springer show. And oh, like, yeah,
2: we'll, we ordered it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's why. We got over here, right? Judge we, Jerry. We,
1: we, Judge Jerry. Before that, though, we're not there yet. Yeah. It's Jerry Springer show. Okay. Let's talk oh. about that and, and how that got uh, started.
2: I was drinking. All right. And, uh, no, the, uh, I was a news anchor. Well, at first I was in politics. And, uh, as I said, the Civil Rights Movement, then that- Mayor of Cincinnati? Yeah, I was Mayor of Cincinnati. And then after 10- and For the
0: record, for the record to the people, because I know we don't usually do live. Sorry, Jerry, because they're watching live. We are not allowed to talk about certain things, so- and I'm Queen's Flip, so I wanted to say that we're not allowed. We have to respect the, the <laughs> rules of the studio that we're in. We have to respect the rules. And I just wanted to say that to my audience. Yeah.
2: You're not allowed to what?
0: Just talk about things. We're not allowed to, 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 to straddle the fences. You see, we, we, we on our platform, we go crazy. and we, you know, But we just got to respect where we're at. We have to respect who you are. Because, we, you know, we'll get down. We'll get down. I get down on you, but you're my man. I like you.
2: Oh, thank you. Is
0: he, <laughs> can you give it to me. You gotta, yeah. you gotta yeah. wait for the moment. It's, it's, yeah. gonna, it's gonna come. I like this guy. Yeah, I, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna I just wanna say I like you. Like you know, you, you come in here with with you know watching you over the years, and you know being more conscious of what's going on in society, and you know some of the people, you know we we we, we hear these things as far as the Jerry Springer show and how do people look and. And, and and sometimes you listen to these rhetorics and say, "Oh, I can see that." But speaking to you in person, hearing the knowledge, seeing what you stand for, you have earned my respect even more as a man. Because I wanted to ask that as far as you know how you felt about the civil rights and what's going on today. You you have earned you have earned my respect. Usually they, they you know they accuse me of this platform of being the troublemaker. And and yeah. we had to be easy on Jerry because we respect Jerry.
2: Yeah, but. With me in the room, how are you going to be the troublemaker? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yeah. You're going to you're gonna be the second biggest troublemaker. Yeah, well, well, yeah. The,
0: you, you take yeah. the crown. Yeah. No,
1: so Just tell us about the, the process of you. Yeah. Okay, Spinger,
2: Spinger. so uh, I went from law school uh, to work for Bobby Kennedy. That obviously was short-lived. Um, then uh, took and passed the Ohio Bar because I was recruited by a law firm in uh-huh. Cincinnati. And so I moved to Cincinnati, started practicing law, but immediately I got back into politics. Uh, and uh, I ran for the U.S. Congress as an anti-war candidate, and I won the Democratic primary. It's interesting that the guy I beat in the Democratic primary was a guy named Vernon Bible. So the headline the next day was Springer slashes Bible. Oh my. and that Oh, yeah. But anyway— uh, An interesting side note on that, the primary – I was the anti-war candidate, and I had no chance. I had just come from New York. I was 25 years old, 26, just turned 26. No one knew who I was, but I just – and it was a very conservative Republican district, and I just wanted to run against the war. The primary was May 5th, 1970. May 4th, 1970, the day before, was Kent State. That was the day that the um, National Guard shot and killed four students on the campus of Kent State that were Mm. protesting the war. There was such an outcry that the next day people went to the polls and voted for me, and that's how I won the Democratic primary. I mean, you talk about tragic serendipity, uh, and that's how I got to be known. For 10 years, I was on the city council and mayor of Cincinnati. Of course. Then— there were term limits, so that wasn't going to continue. Uh, NBC, during my final year, mayor, NBC, the affiliate, came to me and said, You know the city, having been councilman and mayor all these years, uh, how would you like to anchor our news? And so it was just, and I wasn't <clears throat> interested in anchoring, uh, I wanted to do political commentary. So we made a trade off. I would anchor the news, and they would, at the end of the newscast for two minutes, let me do a commentary. Got it. And that's how the final thought came to be, by the way. And I did that for 10 years. Well, we were pretty dominant in the ratings. The company that owned the station where I did the news also owned Phil Donahue and Sally Jesse Raphael and other talk shows. Phil Donahue was retiring, so the CEO took me to lunch one day and said, we're starting another talk show. Phil's retiring. Uh, You're going to host it. So I didn't audition. I didn't try out. I literally was assigned to do the talk show. Wait, so
1: they, they didn't ask you. They just told you you're hosting. Host yeah. The
2: talk show. Now I could still do the news, right. but it was like a side job, and that's why my first contract only was for six weeks. Just they were trying to fill the space mm. till they figured out what they were really going to do with it. So I signed it. You know, they upped the salary or whatever, and and it said, but then they felt they had something or whatever, and. And that was how I got the show, which turned into twenty-seven years. Now, how did it be the, the decision to change
1: the Jerry to Jerry with a J, not, not a G, because your name is Gerald? Oh,
2: as soon as I went to college, the reason my parents never, my parents never would have named me Gerald, if they knew that the nickname for Gerald was Jerry, because the Nazi bombers during World War II were called Jerrys. Mm. So I was never Jerry. So anytime someone calls me and says, is Gerald there, I know it's someone from my Kew Gardens, Forest Hills, Queens past. Gotcha. Because, yeah, it it wasn't until I went away to college that the guys in my fraternity just started calling me Jerry, and that's how that came. Plus, it'd be very hard to have a show where you're going, Gerald, Gerald, (laughs) Gerald. (laughs) Did
0: did they try to make you look like Phil Donahue at one point? Did they try to... You know, uh, you
2: know, because no, they I looked like, at this said it's not possible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Donahue, oh, yeah. I like Donahue. How did you feel? About
2: oh, him? I did too. Like him. I oh, he them. was great. Yeah, he may have been the best. I mean, he uh-huh. and Oprah uh-huh. were wow. obviously the best. Wow. wow. Yeah. They, what, they, did they, like what did you
0: like about Donahue?
2: He was so smart, and uh, he he democratized <laughs> television because. Up until him, at least on television, it was always about whoever you had as a guest, basically celebrities. Mm. But he, all of a sudden, took the mic, went in the audience, and it was just regular people that had the questions. And all of a sudden, it was regular people who were on stage. And all of a sudden, he was taking issues more Mm. than just, what's your latest movie? love you you know love your album and all that so um and he was just so smart and uh, and he he dealt with the tough issues of the day he did he did yeah
1: so you had a 6 week contract um which episode did you know like all right this show was like you personally did you know that this was going to be something
2: i honestly the first time i thought we the first time i thought we were really wow this is something well there were three things obviously beating Oprah in the ratings that oh, mm-hmm. I mean, chill, that out, tells chill you. out slow down <laughs> yeah. so, that, so that, that I mean then I couldn't deny that the show was big you know up right. until then I never thought much about the show and, I, 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 and it's because it was I loved going to work because it was fun to do and I loved the people that worked on the show. But it was never the center of my life because my interests weren't in show business. My interests were more more political to this day.
0: Got it, got it.
2: So I just enjoyed being around the people. Now, at this age, I love the current job I have, Mm -hmm. uh, being a judge, because that's That's what I was trained to do. You know, I, I finally, after 50 years, got a job. No other job I ever had was I trained for. Um, And uh, so that's, what was your question? That's what. So
1: Pastor Oprah was one, you said. Oh yeah, there was one. The
2: other was being on the cover of Rolling Stone and the other was being on The Simpsons. That told me Mm. through through the young people that are around us, you know, in the show and then my own daughter and whatever, that that that's kind of, when I realized at least for the younger generation, Right. Because at my age, I never really thought I was part of the younger generation. You know, I mean, I always thought I was a, because every other job I had, I'd wear a suit to work with a tie and mm-hmm. all of that. And now all of a sudden, I'm where kids are mud wrestling, <laughs> you know. And so it was like, how did I get in this? Right. But I loved every moment of it. And, and, you know, my friends have become the people that, that, that I work with. I mean, it's, it's a great group. When did you wrestle the bear? But before or after you started? When training? I was mayor, I wrestled the bear. Oh my God!
0: You got knocked
2: out. Yes. You trying to Victor, be slick? Victor. Victor was <laughs> the name of the bear. He was 550 pounds, mm. and I was mayor, and they had come. Some charity came to me, and said, if you would wrestle the bear. For every minute you stay in the ring with him, $10,000 to this charity. I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember exactly what the charity was anymore. Mm-hmm. But I can say it's because I was knocked out. How could I remember? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and this was in 1978, and the local TV stations for the first time had what we call live instant cam, mm-hmm. where you could have a news story on the, you could go live from location. On a uh, on the six o'clock news. So the local stations were going to go live from the convention center in Cincinnati to cover the mayor wrestling the bear. But when they asked me to do this, you know, we have the morning meeting where we go over schedule and my they they asked me and she went through the things and I said, OK, I'll do it. It's crazy. But it was three months in the in the future. So you don't think about it. The day before, as I'm leaving the office, you know, we go over what my schedule is the next day, being the mayor. And they said, "Oh yeah, at six o'clock, you're wrestling a bear." I said, "What?" He said, "Don't you remember? You said you would wrestle." Oh man! And I said, "Is it? You know, it's a scam, right? I'm not really going to be in the with a 550 pound bear." I mean, I know I'm ripped. But uh, yeah. why, see, now you laugh. I tell 50 <laughs> jokes, you don't laugh. I tell you I'm ripped, and no, you can't no, control I laugh. yourself. No, I Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, so I go, now it's the afternoon of I walk. To the convention center is crowded, and the guy who has the bear, the bear had a muzzle, so I wasn't going to get bitten. Mm-hmm. But he says, just dance around with a bear, you know. He's going to play with you a bit. Just dance around. The one thing don't do, don't touch his nose. Oh, my gosh. All right, so the first round, um, people said, we're live now. And it's like the whole city's watching. And so I'm dancing around, scared to death, for one minute. $10,000. You ready for another round? Sitting on the seat. Okay. But I figured, yeah, I, you know, he took a couple of general swab kind of grabbed me like this. Nothing really hurt. I can do this. Another 10,000. But now I'm getting cocky. Oh, so really? I said, come on. I'm pretty quick. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> and there's a picture in, on the news and in newspapers of me. I am literally in the air horizontal. And like an idiot, I kept my glasses on, <laughs> whacked me on the side of the head, glasses broke. I'm face down on the canvas, and he jumps on top of me.
1: Oh, no. Nah. See, this is why we can't do things like this.
2: I'm the mayor. I can't cry. There's no crying in the mayoralty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't want to embarrass yourself. But I was hurt. Mm. You know? Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Two more minutes. I have one last question, then we're gonna wrap it up. Um, and the reason why I'm asking this question is because of your comments earlier pertaining to the black, yes, what's going on in society. So, uh, hip hop legend uh, Chuck D felt like, uh, I got an article that says that certain talk show hosts and they put you in that category saying that they felt that you exploited black young people. And I'm asking you this question because that's fair. I'm impressed by you know your stance. We don't know the stance. I never would thought. You know that's perception is in the mind. I never would thought. Okay. Can you can, do you care to expound on the whole situation?
2: Sure. sure. Our show was about dysfunctional behavior and people that did things outside of acceptable norms. So. Everyone who was on the show virtually, everyone except the person complaining, was somebody that did something crazy, inappropriate, unacceptable, on the border perhaps even of being illegal. Everyone. So when I'm in the South, people say, how come all our guests are from Alabama? Uh, When I'm in an urban area, how come all our guests are – everyone on the show is acting inappropriately. If I were hired to do a show about basketball, every one of my guests would be a basketball player. Hmm. If I'm, you know, if, if I'm hired to host a show about dysfunctional behavior, the people that are on are going to be dysfunctional by definition. Right. If you were live normally and behaved, you'd wind up on Oprah. You'd be on another show. We weren't allowed to take you. The only people we could take are people that had stories that everyone else would roll their eyes.
1: Also, I heard that you you weren't aware of the guests before they came outside. Oh, no, no, no. So you kind of just like blind. I
2: had zero to do. There wasn't one occasion in 27 years where I picked a guest or even a show topic. Right. I went out there with a card, and all the card had on it were the names of the guests because I hadn't met them. And uh, I would go out there, and my first question in every segment was, the names of the guests, what's going on? That was always my first question. (laughs) And my job was to ask questions that you would ask sitting at home watching and then make jokes, make quips. That's what I was being paid for. Mm -hmm. And I'm not putting the blame on anyone else because I don't think there's any blame to go here. I say, if you're going to go on a show, and believe me, People that go on the show want to be on. You can't talk someone onto being on that crazy show, you know, uh, unless they really want to. So they want to be on there. Now, I, with my uh, upper middle class sensibilities in terms of income, would say, why would anyone go on a show and talk about their (laughs) private life? Of course, that show is not – that point I just made is no longer relevant because we have social media. And what was ever on our show that isn't every single moment of the day on social media?
0: True.
2: People today are telling everything about their personal lives, showing pictures of themselves in all kinds of compromising positions. It just, you know, it, it, it's almost ludicrous now to complain about a, a TV show, or, or, you know, when people are on their phone saying, look at this.
0: Appreciate that. Thank you for your
2: answer. You're a good man.
0: Am I? So, yeah, man? yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No. You dress silly, but you're a good man. Hey.
0: Yo, Jerry. I
2: can't
1: do it. That, that'd be kind of because we're friends, right? G, I just,
0: I G. don't do it. No. <laughs> no. Don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. No. The show was so much. So. G. I waited long enough. He cool, man. No, he's not cool, man. He's not cool. No. <laughs> all right. Hey, oh, Jerry, man, we appreciate you having you up here, and I appreciate you answering that question. What's well, your? I'm very, you know, very good. And thanks everybody for having us up here. This
2: yes. was great. This was a lot oh, of fun you know. for
0: me. i my man, Jerry Springer. Yes. Yo, yeah, was Queen's Flip, man. Jerry, sit down. Can we sign out properly, please? <laughs> I know you're in a rush. We had you here all day. I'm sorry. See? So you're not. so used to standing up, Jerry. <laughs> Come on, man. We been, Yo, this is Queens Flip. we want to sign out, we want to thank everybody, shout out to TikTok that's watching. Shout out to everybody's here, man, Los, Carlos, Mike, yes. um, Eric, everybody that made this happen, NBC, Mr. Springer, G Money, Bassey, Yes. my oh, son, yeah. my Queens Flip Junior, E-Bach. Shout out to Queens, man, shout out to, Queen shout one to the Queens one time. Queens in the building. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, um, remember, lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds. And if you see a man like Jerry on your lawn, put it away, he doesn't mean no harm. Let him in. He'll (laughs) talk to you all night long. I'm from Queens. All right.